A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to the What for Buzz podcast. It's myself, Matt Messiano, and Jordan Weimer here uh, this afternoon, or whatever time it is that you're listening to this podcast, recording uh, the day after the uh, defeat to Middlesbrough. Ended up 2-0 in the end. Um, Jordan, how are you doing? You well? Yeah, yeah, doing uh, doing fine over here. I think Tom's uh, Tom's managed to do quite well for himself avoiding this one today, I think. Yeah, I think he probably took the defeat so hard that um, he can't possibly come and talk about it. I don't blame him either. I don't blame him at all. But here we are. At least we made it ourselves. So that's the good thing. We did indeed. Um, we'll start with the changes then. There were two from the Rotherham game with Davis and Kamara coming in for Bio and Morris. Um, the Davis one is probably easier to to talk about. It seemed as though, you know, he was fit and available and people haven't been that happy with Bio recently. So the, the, the change made sense, but it's probably more to do with what Davis can offer us rather than Bio not being at his best, right? Yeah, I think it's maybe a bit of both. I think I think no matter what, Kind of Davis comes back in, unless Bio has been, you know, free scoring form. I think Davis comes back in, as you say, what he offers is different. Um, the kind of the way that he can he can support the players around him a little more. And he didn't look fully fit yesterday. I think he still wasn't quite there. I'd imagine the forty five minutes was uh, what he was kind of expected to to provide. Um, but yeah, it was a it was. I think that was the right decision to bring him back in and, and try and get him back up to fitness because we're going to need him um, when he is available fully. Uh, the other the other change obviously is the um, maybe that's the one that's kind of a little more controversial. The one that had more discussion around it prior to the game. There was mm. question marks over whether it'd be Kamara or Morris, especially when Kamara did okay when he came on last game, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I think upon reflection, he did better than Morris in that game against yeah. Rotherham. Yeah, for sure. I don't think that either are the answer now is the problem. You know, I don't think anyone really felt comfortable to say that Morris was. Uh, starter for our starting quality and obviously Kamara has a lot of question marks around him but I mean I'm I'm going to get into it I'm sure but yesterday's performance I think really kind of I think it really settled some opinions on on Kamara as a player for a lot of people I would say yeah yeah certainly probably didn't have his best game did he um let's talk about the game then it 
was a poor start from Watford. Um, and it, it just <laughs> it didn't get much better as we went on. No, it's interesting. I mean, we we approached it in a weird way. Uh, you know, we we tried to get a lot of width. Um, you know, we using Ferreira out wide. He was getting he was getting very very wide in the early stages of the game. He was a good outlet for the ball. We kind of shifted into a into a back three over those opening minutes, and we saw Matthias Martins was coming into onto the left side into central areas. Ferreira was the one keeping that width, and then Chaudhry was kind of intermittently dropping from that defensive midfield position into right centre-back. So we're kind of... Yeah, that, that seems yeah. peculiar to me. I mean, I mean, we know that he can do that job. He's done it before for for Leicester. But um, I think, is that the first time we've seen him play centre-back for Watford? It was. And I think, that you know, early on, I think there was it, it wasn't so rigid that he was, that was his position. It was more a sense of, we're going to give Ferreira the freedom to get forward and get, and get that width for us, drive us at the pitch. So when we do do that, <clears throat> we need to have... Chadri kind of covering that space. He's kind of playing in that in that kind of hybrid role between the two, where he was just filling in when necessary. I don't mind that. Look, the thing with the thing with it, it didn't work in the end. Um, we didn't execute properly, but at least Blitch is looking for a different answer to a problem we were facing, and I think that's that's something I can get behind, and you know I can see the logic in it. Chadri does give you that te- tactical flexibility, as does. Uh, Ferreira from that right-hand side because he can be so effective going forward. So I, I like we were looking for different ways to hurt Middlesbrough yesterday at first, but obviously didn't pay off. Eventually, Chadwick did get moved to centre-back in, in the back three, but also into a, into a back four as well. He was playing centre-back for a time as well. So, you know, it was very odd, um, especially when it got later on into the game. But, you know, early phases, we just were quite open. Um, we looked disorganised defensively. We just weren't really on it. Um we weren't in position. We were kind of slow to the ball, a little bit slow to react. And we just looked a little bit erratic, I'd say. And, and I mean, that's definitely a word we'll describe Kamara with, I'm sure, at some point. But the whole team looked rather erratic at times, I thought. Yeah, there was um a, a crazy 10 minutes towards the end of the first half where, you know, ultimately the, 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 the damage was done with, with the two goals from Middlesbrough. Talk us through what you thought went wrong there, Jordan. Well, I think we just lost. We just didn't have control of the game. Uh, we we weren't, you know, we were just. I think erratic is the best way I can describe it because we weren't ever throughout that period, especially that last ten minutes, of the half. We were just so disjointed and all over the place. There was no real cohesion defensively, offensively. Uh, there was nothing in transition. I mean, the, the goal that came, the first goal was kind of inexcusable. Really, you can't. I mean, both both goals actually, but obviously the first one in particular. The defending was horrific, especially when it's coming from a counter-attack from our own corner. And, you know, we just didn't deal with it. Kamara's the kind of one you're looking at there, of course, to to point the finger at. But it's just simply not good enough. And these these are basics. And then Bilic said in the in the post-match interview himself, you know, we're not talking about this isn't a question of quality or ability. It's just poor decision-making. And there's no answer as to, as to why you would be doing such a thing. But, you know, it's unfortunately, it's something we've kind of, come to expect or at least be be wary of or you know fearful of seeing from uh from specific players in this team and it's just uh it's not good enough I'm afraid and you're only going to lose games when you play against teams who are in good well not maybe not good, good form they did lose the week before but you know strong teams that have the capability to damage your defense and and score goals against you we're not going to come away with points like that I was watching a particularly poor stream that seemed to cut out every 10 seconds and it was it was very very hard refreshing and, and continuing to watch that but i i possibly missed things but i don't recall too many shots on target from us so did we have many 
we weren't getting good shots on goal at all. We barely tested the keeper. Obviously, there's a one opportunity for Martins where he got through and he, he should have done better. But he kind That's of, right, yeah. He kind of shanked the shot. He kind of just clipped across the ball and didn't really kind of, you know, test the keeper. He just went wide and that was it. That was our best chance. We had 11 shots, four on target, um, three blocked and four off target. But, you know, none that were really, really dangerous particularly. So... Yeah, it's a relatively easy game for, for, for Middlesbrough defensively, bar a couple of mo- moments in the second half. Um, I guess we'll finish the first half. The second goal as well, we'll just go on to real quick. Did you, did you, get, did you get a decent um, view of the, of the goal, at least, the second goal? Uh, I saw it in the replay, but both goals I kind of were, <laughs> was during the period of refreshing. But mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, the, the second goal was the second goal is very odd. I mean, it, it's getting pulled around like... You'd see a team get pulled around after you know a long game of five aside. Everyone's knackered and the disposition goes out the window, and you're getting dragged everywhere. You see, you, you look at the replay. Cathcart, which I very rarely have anything negative to say about Cathcart's positioning, but he gets kind of pulled out and on on the way back into defence, just kind of stops. Really, um, he's not trying to get him back into position quick enough. Siriata gets pulled out and and has an opportunity to take, get a touch on the ball and doesn't. He misses it. And you end up with your two fullbacks being your central defenders against uh, against Middlesbrough Middlesbrough's attack, and it just just falls apart. It's just sloppy defending. It's it's really really poor. If you go back and watch that goal again, it's just um, it, it's not indicative of a professional championship defence. Really, it's pretty pretty poor. I'd say probably they're not surprising that at halftime Billich opted to make three substitutions. Yeah, what did you what did you make of the substitutions? What did you think about those those choices? Um, I've got to say, I was quite shocked that Adiemo got some time, given the fact that Arouge had come in, and I thought that Adiemo might have to take a step back now. But um, mm. uh, I could understand why Arouge came on. Absolutely, he's you know the all of the talent that that guy has, and and the uh, sort of fanfare that he's arrived to. You know, we want to see him on the pitch as soon as possible and see what he can do. Yeah. Um, the Bakuna one. Again, I didn't quite get why he felt the need to take off Kona. I didn't. I mean, look, you, you can tell us here, Jordan, what you thought about it. But um, for me, Kona wasn't doing anything particularly bad compared to the rest of the team. No, I mean, I mean, look, I don't think that Kona is a, he's a young player. He's kind of just coming into the league. He's done. He's done pretty well. He didn't have a great game yesterday. He was, you know, pretty poor as as the whole team were. Nothing. Doesn't do anything particularly special. But you know, I question whether Bakuna can change that and, and offer much more than, than what we kind of saw from Kone in that game. For me personally, if he's fit, um, I'd like Kone to have the opportunity to, you know, come out the second half and improve. But um, It was a change of formation, right? Because Sorelta came off as well. So you're losing a defender yeah. there and, and putting more into midfield. Is that, or, well, yeah, and Chowdhury was, operating, Chowdhury was operating at centre-back too for a while, wasn't he? So like, he stayed in that centre-back position mm. um, in the centre of the back, the back four as well. Um and, and you know I think I think for me obviously Arash coming on he's he was the positive in that if I had one positive in that game it was him uh, he looked sharp his movement was good you could see the frustration at times he wanted the ball a little bit quicker to him and just weren't quite able to do so but he he looked sharp in the box and and that's exactly what we kind of we saw from him you know when we when we saw, when we heard the discussion of him joining we we took a look and that's what kind of comes across straight away is his, his, his sharpness and movement in the box. So seeing that was good. Uh, but for me, I think the I think the Adiemo one's a little bit weird. Um, now, I'm not entirely sure, obviously, but I do wonder if it's, along with playing Chowdhury at centre-back, it's a little bit 
um, of a statement. I've seen some suggestions that that playing Shadri there is is Bilic saying something to the owner um, regarding his options at centre back or kind of you know lack of with Trusser Kong leaving and and Porteous not being ready to to be playing from the off, but. Uh, I think the same could even be said for Adiemo too. The striking position is somewhere that the Billage is asked to be strengthened even after a rush, I believe. So, you know, should he be playing? I respect the fact that Toby came in and he's, you know, scored that great goal that, at Vicarage Road. It was obviously, you know, a really special occasion and, and such. But is he at the level? Is he performing at a level? Is he at that point of his career where he can play that role for the team? Where he's you know coming off the bench to to be a difference maker, I'm not entirely sure at, at this point. What what do you think on that? Well, no, I don't. To be honest, I, the the reason he was used initially was because we didn't really have anybody else to come on and impact the game. Right, that's why he was, that's why he was there. He did really well. He got the goal, um, and he should continue to be used sparingly. Though I think um, I thought the whole half might have been. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's, it's he was pretty ineffectual, wasn't he? he, he wasn't... Yeah, he was very ineffectual. Yeah, and that's the difficulty. I think you know we're asking a lot of these players, and I just think I don't know. I, I think Bilic is. I, I think it's in Bilic's character, and I think he does. He's pushing it a little bit with with Gino, and I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. But you know his comments in the media regarding uh, transfers. I, I thought it was very strange to 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 call. Um, to call our new centre back a cosmetic signing, but then you end up playing <laughs> uh, Hamza Chowdhury at centre back for over half the game. Uh, it's clearly a position we needed help with. So, look, I don't, I don't know exactly what's what's going on there, but I'd say that I'd say that Bish definitely, definitely disgruntled. You know, if you watch that post match interview, I think it was very telling. If you haven't seen that, this you know a four minute clip or so, but it's worth going to have a look at where he discusses about, you know, you can talk about systems, tactics or whatever, but if you simply can't pass the ball to a teammate, none of that matters. And I think that's, you know, pretty telling for a player to, for a coach to come out and say that because he's really, he's really digging out his players and, you know, further into the interview as well, he gets more into the, uh, the first goal and you can, you can see his, uh, his frustration and disappointment in Kamara in particular as well. It's the sort of comments that um, lose you your job, isn't it, Jordan? It is, but, you know, I don't, I don't think that it's, it's not in Bilic's character to to comply in that sense. I think he's going to say what he wants to say, and they're not saying, there's, there's, there could easily be some agenda to it as well. You know, um, putting a level of public pressure on the owner, it, it might get it might get Bilic what he wants. Obviously, he's playing with fire a little bit, but you know, his, his job's up for his, his job is at risk anyway at points of the season. You know, it's not it's not like he's particularly at more risk by making a few comments. I think. It it does just add a little bit of pressure to Gino to perhaps you know back up what or back up his head coach and and maybe kind of go for some of the at least some of the profile of target he wants to to strengthen this team or at least publicly say you know it's not just on me I've not got the tools I need here to to do what we want to do and to kind of reach the targets we've set for ourselves now Bilic has clearly set his targets quite high he said that he doesn't think this team is out of the race to the top two you know obviously others might disagree you know us fans and so on but. If that's what he feels and he he wants the tools to to potentially push for that, then I don't I don't hate the fact that he's uh, being a little vocal about it. What I don't like is when you see uh, when you see that come across too much on the pitch. It's one thing making comments uh, and putting pressure on that way, but seeing Hamza Chowdhury play at centre back, not that he can't do it, but you know that it's 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 a stretch to put him there, uh, and it's not one that's ne- entirely necessary either. 
uh, given the options we had, you know. Uh, so to do that was a little bit frustrating. And also for me personally, I do think there's an element of uh, of Toby Aliemo. His involvement has been down to the fact that that Bliss is again making a little bit of a statement by showing the the lack of quality and depth he currently has. A few Watford fans have been a bit vocal in saying that they think Bilic seems disinterested. What do you what do you think about that? Um, I don't know if I think he seems disinterested. I think he seems frustrated. Uh, I think he seems frustrated at the team currently and and where it is. But you know, there, obviously the injury injury situation plays a part in that. So he's he's got players that aren't available. This team could look quite a lot different if he had a few players back for sure. Uh, I, I wouldn't use the word disinterested personally. I think his general demeanour and character has an element of aloofness to it, but I, I wouldn't say that he's um, he's being particularly disinterested from what I've seen. Would you? Do you get that impression? No, I don't think I do, but I I, I definitely think that he has reason to be frustrated, like pretty much the majority of Watford managers in recent times do. Um, but what I would say you know, himself compared to some of those other previous incumbents is that it seems as though he's been supported more than some of the others. And yet he's causing more of a fuss than some of the others have in the past. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the support is is there in a sense. I think we're, I think we're quietly having a decent window so far. Uh, we are getting players in and, you know, perhaps these, these players have come in will look better once we have kind of a fitter squad too. And we can see a little bit more of that shape developing, but um, that he's he's got he's got options and you know I know it's a difficult phase right now but he's we still should be able to see a better performance we still we still should be getting better at the players we had available yesterday uh, and you know but it has to have some responsibility in that so yeah it's a tough one I I get his frustration in, in in some regards of course but on the other hand it's not it's not all negative for him he has got a little bit of room to work yeah. Um, adding to that frustration, another injury that Watford picked up, another hamstring injury. I don't know what's happened if, if we're accursed in some way, but uh, um, the, the the new lad uh, Ferreira picked up a, a hamstring injury. And um, it's, it's such a shame because he was just starting to look uh, promising, wasn't he? But uh, potentially out for a few weeks now. Yeah, I mean, it could well be. It's unfortunate. It's another hamstring injury. Um, I did do a thread on, on Twitter actually talking about this. If you wanted to, if anyone wanted to have a look at that, just going into a little bit more detail. But yeah, it's it's frustrating. And I think this is still an area that really has to be investigated by the club. Obviously, it's going to be internal more than anything. Um, I doubt we'll get to see too much of it. But there's clearly, clearly issues uh, there. You know, especially when you're seeing hamstring injuries, you, they're starting to... We're starting to develop a pattern. Injuries happen for sure. You know, they can be. There are coincidence, uh, coincidences of injuries. You might have, you know, multiple players out with the same injury, with no kind of, uh, no nothing connecting them all. But it, it's been going on a long time now. And I think my point with with Ferreira too is, you know, this is a player that's come in. Um, he's been here for a couple of weeks and he's put up an injury already. Now it can happen. Don't get me wrong. These things happen a lot, especially later on in games and the position he was playing. You know, he's going. He's got a lot of stop and start, a lot of sprints, and and you're you're heightening that risk of 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 a hamstring injury occurring. So, you know, it happens. But we've got to look at why. We've got to look at why this keeps happening. Um, there's lots of factors that could play a part, but the the, the thing is that there's clearly something which is which is leading to it being so consistent uh, and so regular. It, it shouldn't be happening as frequently as it does. Obviously, every club suffers from from hamstring injury. Is probably the most prevalent injury 
within soccer especially but we've got to find a way to 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 kind of slow this slow this down a little bit because right now it's getting a bit ridiculous um it's 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 unfortunate just because you know this is another injury that could be could be three four six weeks and he's a player that's coming and uh and really given us something and you know I, I actually i did ask and i'll ask on here as well just in case there's someone that's that's listening that didn't didn't see the tweet but i would be fascinated to see just um not that it's all warm-up based for sure it's just one of many factors but if anyone is at the game uh, a little bit early and, and gets to see some of the activation work warm-up work when they first come out uh it'd be great to see if um if anyone could record a little bit of that and and maybe post it to the to my twitter or to the Watford buzz twitter because i'd love to see and just kind of analyze a little closer what what kind of steps they're going through um in the warm-up now again this is potentially five percent of the contributing factors that could lead to it but obviously activation warm-up is a is quite an important part pre-game uh, and these things are occurring quite frequently so let's uh, see if we can find out a little more do you think it would be a lack of activation warm-up that's causing some of these injuries yeah i mean look, i think there's there's as i said there's a lot of factors you've got to look at i mean preparation is one thing and we're not talking about when we talk about warm up. We're not talking about you know static stretching of the hamstring. We need full, uh, full activation work pre-game, and that's that's got to start quite early. Um, you know, you've got to make sure you're you're getting dynamic movement in there, which is game relevant. You can't just be kind of going out and doing a couple of sprints and, and coming through. When you talk about a hamstring, this is a you know a big generator of force um, in, in a sprint. You know, throughout the game, and especially when you're when you're doing this frequently throughout a game. Uh, once you get later on, the reason why hamstrings are so prevalent in later portions of the games is because as you get more fatigued as you get more tired your strides become shorter um so you're not you're not getting that full range and that kind of natural range of motion in the hamstring when you are going into a sprint but you're still generating that same level of force and, and power to try and try and get to the ball to try and you know make that sprint and and that's often where injuries occur it's a it's an unfortunate muscle that that us humans have in the in the hamstring the way it's inserted it is very prone to injury and especially when it comes to sprinting that's often why you see you know fast players having hamstring injuries because they generate more force through the hamstring so it's it's tough but that is one aspect of it if you're not warming up properly then yeah that could 100% play a part obviously we don't get to see the kind of workload that's going on during the week you know how much they're exposed to uh, workload wise you know what exactly they're asked to do were they you know, prepared for the in pre-season this can all play a part are they still being prepared now what's their strength and conditioning looking like are they getting proper mobility work recovery what's their sleep nutrition all these things play a part but one thing we can see is the pre-game warm-up one thing we're able to look at is that uh, and at least give an indication as to the type of work they're doing and it might also tell us a little bit more about what they do away from the field at the training ground as well that's really fascinating. Um, a, a quick question, just based on my own intrigue, that perhaps takes us a little bit away from from Watford, but just because I I, I thought like it uh, it might be worth mentioning. We we frequently see clubs uh, warming up in, in, before the start of a, of a game, um, but we we don't really see clubs warming up uh, ahead of the second half after you know a period of you know mm-hmm. that the muscles being cold and, and no longer being worked what's your opinion there do you think that there should be more of a warm-up pre second half or is it not not really a big issue yeah 100 percent. no 100 percent. i think um i think it's it's when you whenever you're doing that sort of the, the thing is with football it's a very difficult sport because it's very high intensity you effectively have to be an endurance athlete and an explosive athlete at the same time because you're 
you know, you're going through a long period of time, fluid games, you're constantly on the move, your heart rate's at a constant elevated point. Um, you know, you're building lactic mass lactic acid in the muscles the entire time. You you know, you're kind of going through that game, but you're also required for explosive sprinting. So those wide positions particularly, you know, wingers, uh, forwards that even have to make in dart, you know, kind of darting bursts, uh and fullbacks too. You know, midfielders can get away with it a little bit more in the centre and the centre backs are often moving, you know, a little bit more laterally and, and, and not quite as explosive. But those outside positions, yeah, if you if you're if you're going into the dressing room at half time, you're sitting there. At, you know if you're sitting in the dressing room on the bench just waiting then you're not really putting yourself in an ideal situation you want to keep some movement if possible uh, it's not just about the muscles necessarily getting stiff but even things like sitting sitting down for extended periods of time you're kind of shortening all those i mean for hamstring in particular you know you're shortening it um you're, you're not in a contracted position so it's just gonna essentially just get cold and it's not it's not ideal you're effectively starting again but with a level of fatigue so you should be moving um you know a lot of sports teams like bigger you know look at american football for example you're on and off the pitch all the time if you're on defense and suddenly you're off the field uh, you're sat on the bench for a while it's a problem that's why you often see them on bikes and, and keep them moving and so on but uh yeah it there should be a, an adequate period of reintegration to the game if possible i suppose that would require a change to the competition rules to include that period of Warm up. Well, fifteen minutes is tough because if you're listening to the if you're listening to the head coach kind of give his team talk and and you've got to be paying attention and so on. But in reality, in an ideal world, you'd be spending that whole time, you know, keeping moving. And I don't mean doing jogging or anything, but having a little bit of dynamic stretching and and just a little bit of continuous mobility throughout. Just stopping yourself from uh, it, it does lower the risk of of injury occurring definitely. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for that little tangent. That was really interesting. Maybe we can do a, a separate pod on uh, on some. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does, they charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Thing related to that, I think that'd be really cool. Might have to. It's becoming, might have to become a medical <laughs> podcast eventually, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the good news, at least, is that um, a lot of those injuries we have are apparently on their way to being uh, perhaps not fully recovered, but able to start uh, getting more um, match ready, um, potentially with a start in the next couple of weeks or so, depending on different players. I I, I hope, though, they're not being rushed back and and they are ready to take part in a game, though. I mean, I suppose there's the risk that you could throw somebody in before they're they're fully recovered, which uh, could be a problem. Yeah, it's always going to be a constant battle between the medical team and the and the and the coaching staff. You know, obviously the medical team's primary role is to make sure the players are fit and ready, but the the coaches want them to play as soon as possible. So there's always that balance. Oftentimes you're going to get players that aren't. I mean, a player's never a player's never going to be fully fit really throughout the course of the season. It's just not going to happen. But they're going to try and take an educated risk. And you've seen the picture. I believe it was there was a picture during the week of uh, loser Pedro. I think it was Kmbe and Sema. Yeah. We're kind of getting back to back to the training ground. They were, you know, on the on the pitch. I'm not sure if they're doing any ball work or not, but even just seeing them um moving around is 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 good. You know, obviously that's they might not be match ready, as you say, but it, it, it's at least an indication they're close, which we, we need them back as soon as possible. So the more we can integrate them with the first team, get them training a little bit and hopefully get them some minutes, you know, it's it's it's, it's much better for us. We need those players back in immediately. We need them back in about five weeks ago. <laughs> Who's, who's the biggest of those four that, that that we need back as soon as possible? Well, actually, it's an interesting question because I would I would definitely say loser. Well, no, actually, I wouldn't definitely say loser because I forget Pedro's there. I mean, Pedro is the most integral, isn't he? Really, when you think about it, he's the one that he's our spark. He's our you know he's our special player. We need him in there. So so Jao Pedro. But you know, having said that, it, Imran loser is a key asset too. You know, set piece delivery offers something, but that retention of the ball, um, ability on the ball. Know, picking up good space, even even counter pressing, kind of work off the ball. He's kind of unmatched, really, from what we've seen so far from this midfield. So he's going to be a huge asset. And then, you know, with the left back situation we've been discussing, is Ken Semmer an option to come in there as well? So um, it wouldn't surprise me if we see with when Ken when Ken Semmer is available if he if he occupies that space unless we happen to do something in the market. Um, it, it wouldn't be a surprise to me at all if Bilic prefers him to what we've seen from uh, from Bilic and Kamara. So, you know, they're all big players. And I guess Kayembe could even have a role as well. You know, we, we haven't seen him for a while, but uh, he had his detractors for sure. And he was very up and down. But honestly, given the way we've seen this kind of midfield go in the last few weeks with the likes of Bakuna having to come in, I think I'd take that Kayembe back in a heartbeat. With all of these... Um... New signings. We're starting to build quite a large uh, squad, aren't we? <laughs> we are, especially if there's uh, potentially one or two still coming in as well. So it's um, it's definitely one that has to be sorted. But 
you know, with the injury situation, depth is key. Uh, and I'd rather carry a couple of extra bodies throughout the rest of the season now if we are serious about this playoff push because we can't we can't sustain anything if we if we're dropping down all the time either. Absolutely. Um, one of those new players, uh, Enrique Arouge. Uh, I think I was calling it calling him, calling him a Rouge earlier in the in the pod, wasn't I? But that's not how he pronounces it too, though, isn't it? Was, was it was it Arouge or Arouge or? I, 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 I think actually no, I think it might have been Arouge because the way that Tom described it, he says he, he sounded very Scottish, which I think is <laughs> actually pretty accurate. So yeah, if you say yeah, I think Arouge might be the one. Yeah, it's a slight. Uh, it's a. It's not quite a Portuguese accent, is it? It's a Madeiran accent, which is different. Mm. But mm. um, anyway, we're already getting in the weeds here, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We are. We we got to see him play anyway. We got to see forty five minutes of him. Uh, how did he do, Jordan? I thought he was sharp. I thought he looked good. Um, as I kind of touched on earlier, I don't think he got the ball quite as quickly as he wanted at times. But you saw that burst in the box. Uh, you saw him trying to look for space. He was unfortunate on on a couple of occasions, and he was definitely the brightest the brightest spark out of that game yesterday. So if we can keep him or get him involved, you know, find a way to get him in the form in in the team to start would be ideal. Uh, and we just have to get him playing because he looked like the the one bright light. What is it that he offers that none of the other strikers we currently have offer? Um, I, I think his instincts are good. Uh, I think the fact that he can he can be active in the box, we've seen that from Bayo, but I think Arouz just has that that little bit of edge to him. Uh, he he gets the ball really well, and he, the fact that he can finish with both feet, um, he he's not he's not particularly limited in types of finishing. He can he's athletic. He can get into difficult situations. He can kind of move his body in ways to get shots off where others couldn't. I just think he's one of those players where if if you don't have consistent, if you struggle a little bit of delivery. Uh, he struggled a little bit of consistency. You know, we, we look at someone like even this made Asar, he's delivering the blocks can be hit or miss. Or, you know, Jao Pedro sometimes doesn't always play the right ball. Having someone that can kind of contort themselves or get into difficult situations and still get a shot away, that's really important. It can really do a lot for you. Uh, so I, I think he offers something different in that respect. And, you know, just that movement in general in the box, someone that can be alive to the ball, he's got a low center of gravity, he can turn quickly, he can redirect, and he can he can find himself in the position to receive the ball in, in, in difficult areas and get away from defenders. So uh, I think he offers something very different to what we have currently. Or if he offers something similar, he at least does it better from what we've seen. Excellent. Do you think that he would be uh, playing in a, in a two at any point? Or, or is it likely he'll be a soul, it would... soul striker? Or... I mean, if if he's a sole striker, he wants support. He's not necessarily someone. I mean, he's not going to offer you what Davis offers you in terms of um, of retention and kind of build up. I think there's definitely an argument to, for for Bilic to find a way to fit him and both Arouge and Davis in together. Uh, you know, it kind of complements each other quite well. Davis obviously is is good at playing with his back to goal, playing a little bit deeper at times, picking that ball up and, and you know, drifting it wide or even playing into, into a partner next to him. So that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I, I think if you're looking to, to build an attack, there's definitely uh, an argument for that. So whether we saw a, a change to a 4-4-2 at some point or, you know, maybe that 3-5-2 again, uh, maybe it'd be harder to fit in our, our, our wide players in that one, obviously. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we were exploring the possibility of getting both him and Davis in together. Okay. Um, in other transfer news, Watford have been uh, linked with a few other uh, people. We can tell you that Ryan Porteous has been confirmed. I think we mentioned that on the last pod, but uh, that'll be interesting. Um, another defender for for Pilic to to utilise. Maybe that means he doesn't have to play uh, play Trowdry at centre back. Yeah, I think it's um, it's definitely a, a a good thing. We need a depth there, and with a Kong leaving too, having. Uh... 
having some added depth or you know potential starting ability come in is is promising. I think he's going to be in there straight away to fight for that starting spot as centre back. He seems like a real character as well, doesn't he, Porteous? Yeah, he's a he's a competitor. He's um yeah he's up for it, and we we need that at this point. So I think having someone with that sort of uh, mentality is, is good. I think we've had a we've we've had a we could be accused of having quite a soft mentality as a team for a while. So bringing someone in with a little bit of different uh, a different mindset might not be a bad ingredient to throw into this bunch. Mm. Lots of images of him sort of getting in the face of opposition players, which is uh... for sure, for sure, yeah. And look, I think he's more than that as a player, but I'm, I'm not going to not going to downplay. Uh, that aspect of his game because I think we could we could do with a couple of arseholes in the team <laughs> there's always room for one um there is. right okay other transfer links um we were linked to Anthony recently Jordan mm. do we know much about that to be honest I haven't I've only watched a couple of clips um I, I've seen his goal against sporting which was obviously very impressive uh but I've not I've, I've not had the chance to sit down and watch him fully yet so I don't feel too confident to talk on him extensively uh, but that's one that we don't know if it's if it's still on, on or not but there's definitely been discussion apparently um between the clubs and there's been interest there so whether or not that materializes or not I do believe I saw I haven't read the article itself but uh, someone said to me that Adam Leventhal was uh, saying that deal wasn't likely now but I'm not I'm not entirely sure how how probable this deal is at this point. Okay, cool. That's one. Um, Britta Belonga as well, former Watford boy, uh, who uh, mm. ultimately went out and, and made his name elsewhere, uh, particularly at Middlesbrough, but um, possibly coming uh, coming back home. Yeah, this uh, an odd one. I mean, potentially we maybe fancy extending that that injury list a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I don't know about this one. Honestly, I, I think it's. Uh, I mean, look, he'd be brought in his depth, wouldn't he? And he's just been released by his club, so he'd be a free, a free agent. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not sure. I haven't seen him play since his time at Middlesbrough. To be honest with you, so I'm not sure how fit he is. He's played 48 games, scored 12 goals um, since 2021 in Turkey, and you know maybe offers you something. If 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 Bilic really doesn't like Bio, and I mean, I don't think Manai offers much more than what Asim Belunga would offer. I don't think Toby Adeyemo is ready. So, you know, maybe Asim Malunga is, is, is good enough to come in and just be um, another body that could offer something, whether it's from the bench or, or not. He has scored goals at this level. So if it's a fit for all parties in the short-term basis, then I could definitely see it happening. I don't think it's a groundbreaking signing if it goes ahead, but I, I guess I can't complain in the sense that we're trying to add something to a position group that we're not really going to go out and buy uh, a long-term option for at this point doesn't sound that promising that um, he was released by his club. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the situation regarding. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm not sure about the situation surrounding it um, as to why they've let him go. I don't think it's. I don't think it's just a case of he's been no good for them. I, I'm not entirely sure. As this, this is something that's just come about um, today, so I haven't had the chance to fully look into the reasons behind it, but the. the the articles that I did look at, which I tra- had to translate, suggested that the club are and him are agreeing to to end the contract, but I'm not entirely sure. Okay, cool. And the uh, the final one that might be closer, we're not exactly sure or not, but Wesley Hoyt is that how you say it? Is oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is uh, apparently close to a deal. Um, another centre. Oh, I actually forgot about that one. Uh, he was reported as as being um, close anyway, but uh, I mean. How much you trust these things, I never know. But uh, what's your opinion on him? Do we know if he's actually close to Watford or not? 
uh, what, do, what do you know? Well, yeah, I mean, it sounded like he was pretty close. So it wouldn't surprise me if this, this is the sort of thing we see kind of confirmed on Monday or Tuesday. Um, look, it, we, it, clearly, as we just said, we need depth to centre-back. He's not someone that I'm massively high on. Uh, obviously, he was signed, I think it was, massive, it was over 10, maybe even 15 million uh, when, he was, when he signed for Southampton a few years ago. Obviously, didn't really kind of live up to that that bill. Um, I don't think he's he's great. But then again, you know, I, I think we need options to send it back. I'm not particularly keen on Cabaselli at this point either. And, you know, we've been down the road of Cabaselli so much. I'm okay with trying something different. And if, if Hoyt can, can find a little bit of consistency and, and find his level with us, then, you know, why not? He's he's a different type of player. Um, he's a rangier defender, centre-back, you know, long legs, not amazingly fast, but can keep up just about and can get his foot to a ball good, decent in the air. Um, but, you know, can still be a little bit stiff and he's he's made a few mistakes in his time as well. He's not, he's not great at um, avoiding <laughs> those little errors that can pop up. But, you know, it, it is what it is when it comes to getting a centre-back at this level. They're not going to be perfect, but potentially at 28 years old, alone with a potential option to buy, if he does well, if that's the situation we find ourselves in, it is worth a go, um, I think, just based on the fact that our options below uh, Syriata and Cathcart. Now we've got Porteous coming in. We need a fourth in there. And I don't think that Pollock has really felt to be the option that we we, we need at this point. Even though he was used yesterday, there's there's been talk of him going out on loan himself. So uh, I think we have to add depth there. And if there's a deal that makes sense, then you know if it's short term, we get to kind of have a look at a player that might be potential for next season too. Uh, I guess it's worth a go. Uh, a former Dutch international, um, he's like you say, he's played at some, you know, decent clubs. Join joining from Anderlecht, if uh, all things are to be believed, it it doesn't sound too bad on paper. No, I think it's it's not terrible. I mean, yeah, there's been there's been some discussion of his of issues he's had kind of off the field. Um, that is, you know, during his career, which have affected him uh, in regards to kind of his interaction with teammates and coaches. He's often found himself kind of on the wrong side of those and that's affected his playing time at Anderlecht as well and that's that's something we have to consider but you know it, it's hard for us to judge from this position if obviously if he comes in then you know that's given the opportunity and sometimes new surroundings can can really change uh, the, the trajectory of a player's career so if it's something that fits then then why not but you know when I look at some of these centre-back options we've had um, I look at someone like Christian Cabaselli and kind of the output we've got from him over the last couple of years. Uh, I'm okay with trying something different, even though if there's even if there is some uh, some risk that comes with it. When I asked you about this one in the week, you you said uh, he reminded you a little bit of a Prodal. Wait. Uh, in terms of yeah, I mean, in some ways, I think Prodal's a, a significantly better player. Um, but he's yeah, he's that kind of rangy centre back. You know, he's not he's not going to play particularly. You don't want him playing particularly high up the pitch. Um, he can play on the left side, which is a positive, uh, but he offers you a little bit more in terms of um, in terms of height. You know, just being able to win that ball, um, having that stretch, that length, just to kind of get to the get to the ball ahead of the defender. Uh, sorry, ahead of the attacker. Um, that sort of controlled centre back is what you're looking for. I, I think Prado did it better from what I've seen um, comparing the two. But if you had to compare to someone we've had in recent years, that's the kind of figure you're looking at. Okay, then great stuff, Jordan. Um, just before we go, I wanted to mention that uh, Watford have recently announced that the media suite is to be renamed to honour Oliver Phillips, who was a, a huge part of Watford reporting for, for several decades, working as the sports editor for the Watford Observer. He's um, 
currently not having the best of times. He's uh, ill, uh, suffering from a blood disorder, and we wish him uh, all, all the best. Uh, but I thought, I thought it was a nice touch, um, Jordan, that uh, the Watford uh, have have gone down that route of, of, of renaming the the media suite to uh, to honour him. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's very sad and. Yeah, I think it is a nice touch. So you know, you got you got to kind of respect those people and definitely acknowledge the uh, you know the input they've had to the team. So um, yeah, it's it's a nice thing to do for sure. Um, okay, then Jordan, I think that's uh, us about wrapped up. But uh, we'll regroup hopefully with uh, Tom in our number to uh, discuss the the next fixture. Uh, Watford incidentally have dropped down a place in the table. That that game against Middlesbrough was. Uh, kind of a, a six-pointer in, in in some ways. It uh, didn't fall the way of Watford, so we're falling down the uh, the playoff table. I suppose one question I could ask you is, um, how likely do you think we are going to retain our uh, playoff position, given the, 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 the sort of form we're in currently? I think we'll make it. I think we'll make the playoffs, but I just don't think it's going to be... Uh, it might be a little bit closer to the wire than we had hoped uh, in, you know, earlier on in the season. I think it's going to be tough, but you know, if we get the players back, um, if we get a couple coming in, then we we are in a stronger position. So I'm hoping we can integrate those and and kick on a little bit and, and hopefully put this little run behind us. So I think there's a chance for sure, but it's not going to be easy. We know how tight this league is, and we know even just looking at the table right now, it's you know it, uh, one last nick and all change. So you've got to kind of just keep keep that foot on the pedal and try and push through it and. And see if we can retain that spot. Watford next up away on the road to Reading, who beat us recently in the FA Cup, but uh, likely to be quite a different game to that one. Yeah, I mean they've they've been relatively poor recently, but you know uh, that doesn't really mean much to us as Watford fans. That's of, often the teams I I fear most are the, the source of Reddings and and Blackpools and so on. So not going to be easy. I think there's a there's always a chance for uh, I think a slip up's a bit disrespectful, but a, a poor performance. Um, away from home, mm. and they'll know that a victory will get them just two points away from the playoffs themselves. So it really is tight at the minute in the uh, in the championship for the, the the teams in the hunt for the playoffs. Yes, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's very very tight. Yeah, and that's Reading in sixteenth currently. So I mean, it's uh, it's everything to play for still for a lot of those sides. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, thanks for joining us again. This has been the Watford Buzz. Uh, I've had a lovely time discussing this with you this afternoon, Jordan. Same about the game, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we get to meet up and do this. That's the plus, eh? Yeah, it's always good. Right, okay, well, bye-bye from me, and we'll see you in the next one. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia 
gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.